that they should have done like somewhere along the way just something happens randomly that like saves them or like something really weird like occurs like they receive a letter telling them to like i don't know like switch room or like open a door or something like that and it saves them and then they're like who is it and then at the end it's like sherlock holmes wrote the letter yeah you can see him in his room penning letters yeah and it's the robert downey jr oh jesus (laughs) 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 waves just completely breaks down the fourth wall that'd be sick Well, it is, yeah. Well, 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 well. (laughs) What do we have here then? Uh, Welcome to Crap Movie Club number 37. And today we're talking about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, I'm joined by a couple of ordinary gentlemen. Uh, So obviously I'm Max. I'm joined by Jordan. Hello. And Tim. Hi. Is that Sean Connery impression? It was, yeah. Very good. Thank you. We've used that a lot. So yeah, this film is an interesting one. Um, me and Tim, I, I, I'm betting, have seen it before. But Jordan, you mentioned this is your first time. Fresh, fresh to the franchise. Fresh uh, off the boat. Yeah, and the only thing I knew was that Sean Connery was in it, and yeah. nothing else. So it was a, it was a pleasant. Parts of it were pleasantly surprising. I quite liked the, the general gist of the film. Um, but the story wasn't great, but the characters were quite good. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was it was a it was an interesting. It was like it was like Avengers for boomers. That's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. Like they'd they they'd assembled a cast of people that you'd read about in books. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like not comics, but actual novels. It was effectively mm-hmm. the Avengers version of that. That's how I put it together. And actually, for what it was, and making that sounds terrible, it was fine. Something was quite I, good. Uh, I love the concept of it. I think the idea of having all these different like characters from different works of fiction coming together and like crossing like paths is just so so cool uh and yeah like the first time i saw it it blew my mind and like obviously like so it blew my mind and I, was, I, I was probably like 13 right yeah okay, um and some of the characters like you know who they are right like dr jekyll and mr hyde how can you not know dorian gray some of them like i guess went over my head a bit like alan quartermain is a little bit like Mate, I don't know. Is that more like an? Amer- it's not an American character because Tom Sawyer is an American one, right? Yeah. But Alan Quatermain is just like they they mention at some point. It's like book, like all the bo- like books for boys. Like every boy in England like reads the books about him. They love him. Must have missed that. So it's a bit of a weird one. And then there's some other like really niche ones, like the Mina Harker, who's like in Dracula, and she's now become a vampire in this universe and stuff like that. It's a bit niche. Uh, Anyway, Tim, what what do you think? Do you like the film? Have you seen it before? Yeah, I watched it as a kid. Absolutely loved it. Thought it was great. Yeah. Worried that Jordan thinks because it's based on books, it's awful. Um, this is upsetting for me. Um, <laughs> it's a fair. fair yeah, I think Alan Quartermain was the one I didn't know as a kid. The others yeah. you kind of heard of. Obviously, I hadn't like read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea when I was 13 or whatever it was when this came out. But still, they're like iconic characters. It's pretty cool. Mm. I loved it as a kid. This time, not so much. Oh, so you don't think it's held up too well? <laughs> no, the bit, the bit that's really gone downhill is the CGI. I don't think at the time it was great, but oh. now the bit where yeah. one of the henchmen like take a triple dose or something. 
He drinks a whole jug of the yeah. do- uh, Dr. What is it? Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Yeah. Hyde potion. Yeah, Mr. Hyde's potion. Yeah. When he does that, it is... Ooh, it's not great, is it? It looks awful. It looks literally like a PS1 villain. It's the, one of the worst things yeah. I've seen. Like, comparatively, even to the rest of the film, it's bad. For some reason, that part, which is supposed to be one of like the big action sequences leading the end of the film, it looks terrible. It was a simpler time. They didn't have the technology. Mm. Well, well, it's weird, because for the actual Mr. Hyde, they go practical. Yeah. And he's like wearing a big suit and lumbering around. But then for the evil one, who's like a giant version of Mr. Hyde, they go full CGI, and it's really jarring, isn't it? Yeah, it stands out mm. quite a bit. Yeah, seeing the two together in the same frame just looks odd as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just the scale of it, because obviously the scale makes sense because he's taken three times the amount of potion. But yeah. seeing a CGI in a real one is just like, ugh. But some of it, some of the other bits hold up. Like when they're driving around Venice in the car, obviously a lot of that CGI. But because it's like it's a classic thing where they're using other techniques to cover it up, like it's blurring and there's like pillars going past and things like that. So it, it kind of passes the test. But then. Likewise, when you've got the shots of the submarine, which is the, the Nautilus, I mentioned this before, but it's like even worse than when they did Titanic. It's like just awfully like smooth CGI that just looks. It's kind of like an Attack of the Clones was two thousand and two, and you think about like the prequel CGI in Star Wars films, it's like worse than that. So, I thought some parts of that, the Nautilus and and the car and stuff, they looked absolutely fine. Yeah. But it was like there were particular scenes where you'd be like, I don't know how they've got away with this and allowed it to be released. Mm. Especially, like you say, having looked at films that have gone before it that they were trying to effectively compete with. Yeah. Like other action films. It just didn't look good. And, and you, I, you, you mentioned Retur- uh, Return of the King, which yeah. is the, year, the same year. Yeah, released in the same year. Yeah. And the CGI there is just worlds apart. And yeah. so those like, are all made at the same time, the Lord of the Rings films. So I bet some of that CGI was done even before this was. Which yeah. makes it even worse. Well, exactly. And this guy, the guy who directed it, was like, um, he he was he was famous for makeup and like physical effects. Yeah. yeah. So that's maybe why the physical side of it actually looked fine, and yeah. then the CGI looked terrible. Like the best example I have for that is at the beginning when um, the Invisible Man is just like a floating face in a jacket, <laughs> and it's all animated. And then the next scene, it's just a bloke with loads of white paint over his face. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it look, I don't understand why they didn't just do that the whole film. It looks so much better. But then yeah. when you put the two people that, you know, there's like one scene where it's CGI and one scene where it's physical, yeah. it makes it look absolutely ridiculous. The worst bit it is does, it's yeah. a different shaped face when they're doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Around the yeah, you're right. Oh, so funny. Yeah, um, I, I found that very odd. So, And you mentioned the guy who directed it, and that's uh, Stephen Norrington. Yes, he's, he's only directed a few things, like you said. He's mainly like a effects artist. But the only thing I recognised was Blade. He directed Blade. Which one? The first one. The first one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So good. And as you could probably guess, this is original. This is based on what was originally a graphic novel, uh, written by Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill. And Alan Moore's like, I don't know, I recognise that name. He did uh, Watchmen and like some of the really well-known Batman comics. But um, And the graphic novel is like, they kind of stuck to the source material quite well, but the graphic novel's got even more crazy shit in it. Like, um, it jumps forward in time a little bit. And it's like, you know the, the book 1984? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that kind of regime and like that kind of, what would you call it? Like that government, Big Brother, that actually happens and takes over. So it kind of takes place in that universe um, for some period. So there's cool stuff like that. But 
Anyway, uh, so in terms of some key facts, yeah, like we said, 2003, Stephen Norrington, um, the budget was 78 million and it made 179.3 million profit box office. That's not bad. Not bad, but 17% Rotten Tomatoes and it was generally panned by, by the old critiques. I could see it being one of those films that you'd want to go and see because I bet it, I bet it trailered well. Yeah, I think I, so. I bet if you saw it on like on TV and you were like, "Oh my, oh shit!" It's like all of my favorite book characters coming together, <laughs> and there's yeah. a massive ship and there's explosions. I'd go and see it, but then mm. you go and see it and you're like, "Ah, uh, yeah, maybe not." And I think the thing with Rotten Tomatoes is, if Rotten Tomatoes existed in 2003, it probably would have been 70 percent. But because Warren Tomatoes is a thing that is now, it's yeah. dated horribly, this film, in my opinion. So I think it's slightly unfair to give this film 17%, although I will be giving it lower later. Okay. I'm almost positive. I think the more we do this podcast, the more I tend to think that the golden age of cinema was the year 2000 to 2005. So this is firmly in the golden age. <laughs> and, I, uh, yeah. and it's when they were still figuring out the kind of certain genres, like the superhero genre. Because I think you were getting all those, like you were getting like Blade and like Daredevil and all those crap Marvel films and stuff. But they actually, this is completely different because it's like a superhero film that's actually doing something different. So I think I give it respect for that. I feel personally attacked by you saying Daredevil was crap. I mean, it it, it was crap in hindsight. I know, it was crap at the time, but I love it. I I still like it. Uh, Jordan Watchman was 2009. Right, okay. So they decided to make another graphic novel adaption after this one. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It went so well the first time. <laughs> yeah, so people just loved it. Yeah. Watchmen's an interesting one, though, because it's, it's actually kind of similar. Because, again, it's like another graphic novel, Alan Moore, kind of like it's like a comic thing, but it's different, you know, different themes. So it's interesting and kind of similar, I guess, in a way. But anyway. Apparently, this film made Sean Connery retire from making movies for a while. Fair play. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet he hated this doing this. Because I can imagine it, the the theory of it and the pitch that he was given, he must have been like, "Yeah, this sounds fucking sick. Like yeah. you're a you're a British sniper who can shoot things like 900 yards away or whatever." Yeah, and it's going to be you, a big franchise. Yeah, and... yeah, we're gonna we're gonna you're, we're gonna elevate you to a nine movie franchise where you're going to become the center of this new cinematic universe, and then that comes out and it's like, yeah. I would be very frustrated if I was sure. Do you think it was sold to him as him getting to be Indiana Jones a little bit, rather than Indiana yeah, Jones' maybe. dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. I think he probably didn't know when he was when he took the job that he was going to be cast alongside Tom Sawyer either as like a kind of a father figure. I hated that relationship. Really, hated that yeah, character. I hated it. I hated it, and I knew you know when they were on the boat and he's like, "Slow down, take mm. take more time than you need." All that stuff. Yeah. I knew it was going to come back at the end, and I was just waiting for it to happen. You know, the little end scene where he's trying to shoot, uh, is it M from the tower? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all of those tropes and like the kind of father figure thing. And he, I, I know he was like, I let my son die in my arms. I'm not going to allow this guy I've just met to die. I just, mm-hmm. oh, didn't, didn't, didn't strike true with his relationship. Didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. A lot of the Sean Connery, Alan Quartermain stuff was kind of, uh, some of the themes were a little bit colonial, especially the opening sequence in Africa. Mm. So did any of that raise any eyebrows? Uh, I think the I think the more eyebrow eyebrow raising section was all of the newspaper cuttings. Okay, yeah. Where it's like German lies again. 
yeah. not us say Germany, like all of that stuff going they, on at the beginning. Yeah, is quite I think they capture odd. like the, uh, I don't know, maybe like the attitudes of the time of the way England yeah. like perceived itself and perceived other countries. Because like Alan Quarterway makes some references like, oh, it, they must be Belgians and stuff like that. And like he does say some question, like some like, I don't know, questionable things, but it's also, I don't know. Of the time, it's of I the guess. time, yeah. yeah. It's taking the sentiment of the nation at the time. I, I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it hasn't aged well to watch back, but that's fine. Uh, and and we were talking earlier as well. And I thought Sean Connery's acting was okay, but like his physical stuff was just like unbelievable. Like, uh, did you get sick of watching him run after the Phantom? Because there's about four or five oh, times God. when it just the film just evolves. In, in that plane of action of, sh- of the man running away and Sean Connery chasing him through like doors and corridors. It's not really chasing but really him slowly. though. It's like ambling after him. Stumbling, yeah. He's shuffling behind him. And the Phantom runs so quickly through the shots and Sean Connery goes so slowly but somehow keeps up. Yeah, he's, he's moving at a snail's pace. I'm surprised why they decided... in for him. Yeah, it's why would you choose as a director to make it a chase scene on foot? Yeah. I mean, but... stop. Make, um, make him make them grapple like in a big room or something. Not run through like <laughs> miles and miles of uh, <laughs> and break it out into five different shots. Yeah. Just like just stop. Make it one shot of chasing and then some action. There were bits yeah. of the film like that that could have just they could have just been taken out and it would have taken or added yeah. nothing to the film. Yeah. And how strong is uh, Alan Quatermain meant to be? Because like I thought maybe like there's a bit of super strength there because at one point he bottles someone and they spin in the air in one place. It is ridiculous. Uh, in that opening bar scene thing, <laughs> yeah, 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 I can believe that. He literally yeah. like did like a three sixty and then landed on the flops on the floor. Yeah, ridiculous. Terrible waste. Um, should we go through the cast? We should. Yeah, we should. All right, so we've got Sean Connery as Alan Quatermain. Alan Quatermain being some sort of like, I don't know, like action character. He's like an like, adventurer. Yeah, adventurer. Mainly in Af- like adventures that take place in Africa, yeah. right? From the from the sounds of it, and there's something going on there where, like, at the end of the film, it's revealed he's like been like protected by Africa. He can only die if he if it happens in Africa, something like that. Anyway, Nasiridun Shah as Captain Nemo. He was excellent. Yeah, and very good. Captain Nemo being from. Tim? Jules Verne, 20,000 leagues under the sea. That's it, yeah. And he's got a big submarine. And literally, like, he's got fucking ridiculous technology for the time. Literally has, like, a guided missile system on the submarine, by the way, which... Mm. And that and that automated spinning pod thing what that, the fuck? that uh, Dorian Gray somehow remembers how to drive, although it's never, and, never existed before. GPS tracking. And like, a Rolls-Royce. I, 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 the, the inclusion of this stuff makes kind of like belittles the whole concept of the film like they're trying to avert a world war but if there was a world war they could win it like easily instantly if they use this technology the nautilus is just a giant blade that goes to the ocean has missiles coming out of it it's, it is so big by the way <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't believe they drove it into fucking uh venice, venice yeah. like up one of the rivers it's like it's this massive warship so dumb it did was was Nemo uh, a tech person in the in the books, Tim? Yeah, so he's he... it's really technologically advanced in the books as well because right. he goes to the like the bottom of the sea and all that kind of stuff. So like a pirate adventurer kind of guy. Right. Okay. There you I go. would have liked to see him have like almost like 
a tone like an Iron Man suit, but like steampunk. That would have been sick. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that'd have been lit. What versus the uh, the giant guard guy at the end? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, just comes through the wall in a mech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd be sick. Um, Peter Wilson as Mina Harker, and she she's a vampire, right? And she's from the Dracula novels. And in this story, she's been turned into a vampire. Uh, Tony Curran as Rodney Skinner, aka the Second Invisible Man, because they're like, "Oh, I thought the Invisible Man was dead," and he's like, "Yeah, but I've got his. I stole his secrets." So that's a little bit of a cop out. Um, Stuart Townsend as Dorian Gray, Shane West as Tom Sawyer, and I was talking talking to uh, Tom. Uh, Joseph, who I live with, uh, a friend of the show, and he was saying that Tom Sawyer literally just drives a boat yeah. in the books. <laughs> what? That's his purpose. Yeah, That's his he's, he's not this all-action star that happens in this film. He's become a CIA agent after the book takes place. Apparently, <laughs> he just travels down a river in that film. That's oh, in that book. Yeah. Sorry, that's literally the whole thing. I'm pretty sure. Perfect CIA training. They couldn't have thought of any anyone else American to bring in. Someone like Davy Crockett or something. Anyone, <laughs> yeah. other than just a boatman. Uh, Robinson Crusoe, maybe, came in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Fleming as Dr. Henry Jekyll slash Mr. Edward Hyde. Big fan. Mr. Rox- Roxburgh as the Phantom slash M slash Professor James Moriarty of Sherlock Holmes fame. Right, and then we got some other people. Apparently, there's a character called Nigel. I don't know. Uh, me by. So, uh, yeah, Jordan, favourites and least favourites. Uh, favourite Nemo. Yep. Least favourite. I mean, I wasn't a massive fan of of, of Jekyll and Hyde, but definitely not the worst. Um, okay. V- uh, vampire woman. Least favourite. Didn't enjoy her at all. Okay. I mean, she had there was a quite a good scene where she turned into multiple bats and was stopping gunfire from a rooftop. Yeah, when the car so, was driving through the city, that was probably her best bit. I best. actually laughed my head off when that bit happened because she's been fairly normal throughout the film, and then they're in the car, and then she just goes full vampire it's and she shouts, it. she shouts, "Save your bullets, these men are mine!" Literally, like just t- like shrieks and just flies into the air. <laughs> Uh, there was, there was so a weird good. bit when she does that transformation because like her face changes to I don't know vampire style, An actual vampire. But when yeah, she yeah, yeah. literally bites someone's throat out earlier, just does it with her normal, normal teeth, normal face. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Tim, favorites, least favorites. Um, I like the Jekyll and Hyde character, and yeah. I like the performance. Because he's probably got like it's. I think it's the hardest one to do because you got to be, you got to do some bullshit like talking to mirrors and stuff, as yeah, if it's actually yeah. there. Um, like <laughs> him and Nemo, I thought were good. Good job. Tom Sawyer, terrible. Yeah, Tom Sawyer was really bad as well. Um, as a character and as a performance, like why has he got to be like a drippy kid who's in love with I Mina Harker as soon as he sees her? Um, yeah. And then probably the other one that was bad was. I think the main villain, M, wasn't great, really. Really? I, I don't know. If it's supposed to be like massively overacted, which I guess it kind of is, he's, maybe he's better than I'm assuming, but I'm not a fan. It's yeah. supposed to be like very theatrical, isn't it? Like That's the whole point. No, one, this film no one else has sort of like shots. That's it's true. Ha- it's hammy, isn't it? It's hammy. It's very hammy. Yeah. I um I love every performance. I think each one is better than the last. You're a madman. What? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just okay? perfect for this film, isn't it? Everyone's just giving it like it's just, just pure cheese. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe Tom Sawyer is the worst. He definitely at the same is. Time. It has its place. It has its place. Because he has to be an annoying American kid where Sean Connery can just like make fun of him and just roll his eyes. So in that respect, it's perfect. Okay. Um, one comment on the cast I want to make. Stuart Townsend as Dorian Gray. How the fuck is that not Johnny Depp? Because they couldn't get Johnny Depp for this film. Yeah, as if they're they got Sean Connery. Yeah, that's a lot Sean easier Connery at this point. This is the uh, end of Sean Connery's career, not the beginning. Mate, this is that role is made for Johnny when Depp. When was Pirates of the, the first Pirates of the Caribbean? But this no, same year. Around this time. Same year, 2003. Yeah, so he's in that verse this. I'm saying he, wanna... he made the right choices if they asked him to be in it. <laughs> do you want to do Pirates of the Caribbean or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Do them both. Mm, do them both. You, you can do more do than both. one film a year. Well, I think Johnny not... Depp Pirates of the Caribbean is probably like a year worth of filming, though. Yeah. And... You got the link between Sean Connery and Johnny Depp, both wife beers. Fucking so, hell. So, it's part of some sort of Hollywood club. Yeah. Max, we're going to get sued soon. Yeah, you can't, you can't be saying that. Allegedly. Oh, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Um, I was just thinking, there's one weird bit in this. You know Nemo's like first mate is called Ishmael? Ishmael, yes. So that's from Moby Dick. It's not from... Yeah. Is he actually from... Okay, so he's another character that they included. Yeah, but it doesn't is make it, any sense. Actually, he, they just call him Ishmael and he Ishmael. does nothing. Well, why would you call him Ishmael if he's the first mate of a boat and you're not referencing Moby Dick? Because like a little bit of a little bit of a nod. Yeah, maybe. You guys like books, right? You guys like books, right? Here's another little book. Why are you saying you like books as if it's a terrible thing? <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> thing, guys. Nerds. No, it's not. It's a good thing you should read. Ah, so he is actually from Moby Dick. That's another one. I didn't include him. That's Terry O'Neill as Ishmael. And he uh, he gets the scene where he he dies, right? Dorian Gray kills him. Mm. and then But then he's alive he, about five minutes later and comes out and tells everyone. Yeah. He stumbles out of the whole ship, which is giant, by the way, and no one has helped him. And there's loads of people behind him. It's the length of a city, this ship, and he just I walks know. down it mortally wounded. Yeah. Um, I, fa- I was doing some research about the cast, and you know Stuart Townsend, Dorian Gray? Yes, Dorian Depp. Su- he was supposed to play Aragorn. In Lord oh, of the Rings, really? God, he wow. didn't. He was, he was until the until the day before they started filming. He was in rehearsals with them, and then got told that um, what's his face? We've got Vigo in the role. Yeah, because they've been trying to get him for ages, and this guy was the backup. Oh no! So this film, Dorian Gray's performance, and then getting kicked off of Lord of the Rings, he quit acting for like three years. Oh, and I really? would, yeah. I would, if... I wouldn't. This film's sick. No, if you lost out on the Aragorn role, and then you saw how big it was, you'd be like, I'm not doing this for a bit. I need to. I need to calm down. <laughs> I just sit in a quiet room for yeah. three years. Yeah, contemplate. <laughs> yeah. Um, good cast. Crackers. So, anything else you guys want to talk about at a high level? Or do you want to get into the plot? Um. Oh, one really quick thing. I thought it was good they actually used English people for English people. That's what you like, the isn't it? Mm. Well, the English roles for Because this, this is an American <laughs> film. So sometimes right. they just put in uh, a Hollywood star who then just does the worst accent you've ever seen in your life. So I'm glad they avoided that. Plus, we've got Sean Connery's accent, so there's enough to take the piss out of already. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. His accent was fucked in this. That's just his voice. Yeah, it is. Do you think he was better in this or Dragonheart? 
I hate that, that we do this podcast because I saw him on the screen and the first thing I thought was this Sean Connery from Dragonheart. It <laughs> <Yeah>. was <laughs> the first thing I thought and I was like, why have you done this to me? Um, uh, he was better in Dragonheart. Yeah, I, I mean, was, it's a better film. I hated Dragonheart, but I would say he's better in this than in Dragonheart. Wow. Bold assertions. Um, right, here we go. Let's, mm. let's get into the plot and see how it goes. Um, so it starts, it's 1899, and we get a few sequences showing like Germans attacking a bank in London with a tank. And then we get another one of like English soldiers attacking a Zeppelin factory in Germany. And, and I think we get some like newspaper headlines and things like that. And essentially, like the world's on the brink of war. And then this leads us to being introduced to Alan Quartermain in Africa. And he's uh, he's hanging out in some like, I don't know, safari lodge or something. It's a bit weird. And he's invited by some like, government english guy to come and serve queen and country as the world's on the brink of war uh they're they're of course immediately attacked and and you know we get a big action sequence and then he agrees to help uh i think because maybe his friend got shot something like that um then alan goes to london where he meets with m who's in charge of the league of extraordinary gentlemen he explains the concept of the league how it works their mission and we are introduced to the other members one by one um i personally loved the uh, British bobbies trying to uh, like essentially arrest the tank because they've yeah. never seen one before. What are you doing here? And he usually <laughs> just stands there and gets run over by it. I know, yeah. So dumb. They're like tap it, they're like banging it with their truncheons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, is this supposed to be the first time that tanks had ever been seen in? That's in the idea, I think. Yeah, yeah. it is. Okay. Tanks weren't invented for another like uh, thirty years after this. Yeah. Right. Fine. Fine. That does make sense then. They just didn't know what was going on. It's like a giant yeah. horse, like a metal horse. Yeah, but they're not. They're all shooting at it as well. But they're not. You wouldn't be that ridiculously, like. I mean, you wouldn't stand in front of it. No, no. I like the Tiananmen Square, uh, square reference. Um, <laughs> sticking it to China with that one. Um, but you would. You wouldn't just think, "Oh, I'll hit this clearly metal thing with a bit of wood with my truncheon, and I'll get through it." Like they're not idiots. It is. Uh, it's just weird. Enjoyable scene though. Yeah, yeah, and and something that made me laugh is the tank. I don't know. It busts out onto the streets, goes through the streets of London, gets to the Bank of England, slams into the Bank of England, and there's soldiers in the Bank of England, like ready, as if they're inside the bank twenty four seven in the vault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just waiting so for the moment someone attacks. Boys, yeah. it's time. Yeah, and, and they they steal some like plans for Venice or something. That's what they want. Yeah. Which are like the blueprints of Venice somehow, but it's just a cross section of one building showing some pillars underneath. But it's the secret you need to bring down Venice. Could have done that anyway, couldn't you? Just put some bombs yeah, under Venice. Yeah, that yeah. well-known yeah. fact anyway, that want. Venice is built on sticks was you could only learn it at this point from this one picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. mm. yeah it, was, it was quite a loose, loose plot point, if I'm yeah. honest. But yeah, it added some intrigue. Did, did you like the way they introduced the? Uh, members of the league one by one because it's Nemo first isn't it and Alan Quartermain and Nemo are a little bit like on guard with each other and then it's like they just hear he hears a voice and uh, there's something they say so many times Sean Connery's like is this some kind of parlor trick <laughs> yeah. he's that line like, eight times in the film yeah yeah really funny come back down my sight <laughs> yeah and uh, it's Skinner right the invisible man it is and that's it and then they go off to get Dorian Gray I think I think not enough has been made out about that first scene when they're in the um, 
when they're in the lodge. Yeah, Max, yeah. we and can't skip like, over he, that. It's ridiculous. He's like, hi- he's like hired his mate to basically be a front to just tell stories about him so he doesn't have to talk to normal people. Yeah. So if people come up to him and be like, oh, tell me about all your adventures, he's got a literal mate that will just tell stories about him and pretend to be him. Yeah. And that that's who gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the announcer from Gladiator and has like the best voice? Is it? Yeah. I love that guy. Oh, that's, that's, that's um, excellent. But that whole fight scene is ridiculous. The... At one point, he puts mm. someone inside a drinks cabinet and they can't break out of that and then <laughs> and then the oh, God, God. Him. The, the, the the drinks cabinet breaks in half and then he uses the half that's broken in half to impale him against a spike that's on the wall yeah, so, of the so, yeah I, was, I was literally gonna say the same thing it's a rhino horn that's placed easily above head height on the wall but sean connery uses mm. this table leg and half a table to lift him <laughs> and push him onto it doesn't make any sense that's so good. Wow. And then there's that they're they're like outside and they're the the British guy who came to come collect him is saying, like, this is what this is what's going on, we need you for this, this, and this. And then the whole building behind him just explodes in a huge <laughs> fireball. Yeah. And the the English guy just goes, You better pack for an English summer. <laughs> I was like, have you just seen what's happened? Literally like hundred and fifty yeah. people just perished behind Everyone you. he knows. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah. his mates are dead. Pack for an English summer. Um, oh, okay, mate, cheers. Oh, and in that bit they talk about because Tom's not here, so I'm going to do some historical inaccuracy bits, even though I know it's not supposed to be. They talk about, oh, that shot's far too far away. The guy's like 400 yards. They had guns yeah. in 1800 that you could take someone out reasonably um, reliably at that kind of distance. So they make out he's doing crazy shots all the time. It's not, and it annoyed me. Just a no, normal marksman. He, he's the best marksman ever, Tim, and I'll hear nothing else of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah. Isn't this technique yeah. just take more time? Yeah, it's yeah, take, take more time, time and breathe like they make you do in video games where you press down. Feel the shot. Yeah, yeah. Feel the shot. Yeah, yeah that, that whole scene was quite funny. And then that guy takes the fastest acting poison in human history. Yeah, well, cyanide, isn't it? But doesn't it? Doesn't that take a, more than about half a no, millisecond kills, to act? The guy just puts it in his mouth and so just dies. Quickly. Yeah, <laughs> cyanide kills you so quickly. Oh, fine. There you go then. Fair yeah. enough. I like the... So they go to find Dorian Gray, right? Yeah. And they're trying to recruit him for the league and he doesn't want to join. And then uh, the Phantom just shows up there, which is a little bit suspicious, I have to say. Yeah. But it's such a good thing, isn't it? Because it doesn't really happen in like plots anymore where like at the start of the film, they come face to face with the baddie and it kind of sets off the whole thing. There wasn't much. The- I was gonna- I was thinking there's gonna be a lot of theatrics before they first meet the Phantom, and then he just mm-hmm. turned up on the side of the on the on the terrace. But that's theatrics yeah. itself, isn't it? That he just randomly appears. Yeah, I like it. Um, they should do that more. He's got, he's got a bit of a Genghis Khan vibe to him. I thought. Yeah, he has a funny accent. He puts on an accent, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. What's with the weird fake scars under the mask? You're wearing a mask. Just put on a fake beard. Well. Yeah. Tom told me that the character, the Phantom, is like a villain in loads of books. Um, so the fact that the Phantom turns out to be Moriarty is them like merging two characters into one. Uh... But, uh, but the Phantom does wear this mask all the time, and like I don't know if he has a limp and an accent, but I don't know. Yeah, because at one point they call him the Phantom, and Sean Connery goes, "Oh, like the opera." It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it was actually the Phantom of the Opera, that would be. So <laughs> I love that. If he just heard it singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I like that sequence where they then have the fight in like the big circular library and you get to see like everyone's powers a little bit. It's probably one of the best bits where they show all the characters in their own way um in the film. 
Yeah, because you've got Skinner invisible, like hitting people with books. I think Mina Harkness like v- bites someone's throat, and then Tom Sawyer is just fucking shooting bullets everywhere. Uh, and and of course, Sean Connery starts chasing running. the Phantom. He's running. running. That's his yeah. superpower. Is running very slowly. <laughs> yeah, and, and Nemo, uh, like someone pulls a gun out on Nemo. Just pulls out a sword. Nemo's, I walk a different path. Oh, that was so cool. That was yeah, so, so cool. Good. Nemo was so a very good, good character. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, but yeah, in this bit, Skinner's completely invisible, and then literally the next shot, he's put his makeup on in like one second. Oh, it looks really so weird. it's so jarring when they're sat in the back of the car. Yeah. Oh, so jarring. I prefer I preferred the physical effects of him than the CGI floaty face in a jacket yeah, thing. Yeah. Didn't need to happen. He's quite funny, I think, this actor. He's obviously like the comedy relief of the film, but they didn't do it in a like cringe way. He's just like a funny kind of cockney guy. Yeah, not that much funniness, but I no. mean, he's, no, he's just a bit sassy, all... isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That. That's what he and that, and they, he needed. They needed that because everyone else was such like a straight character, all a bit yeah. earnest. So like, I've got, to, I've got to defend. I've got to defend my honor, and everyone's got like their own things they need to do. And this guy's just like, eh, found a found a bit of med- whatever he found to make himself invisible. He's just yeah. like a thief, basically, who can turn invisible. And he's always naked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> there's the comic relief right there. <laughs> Uh yeah, so they get and then it's a bit awkward because Dorian Gray's like, no, I don't want to join in, and then it all kicks off, and he's like, actually, I'm going to come along. And the fact that the Phantom just ambushed them in Dorian Gray's like own house, and they're like, mm, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, come along, <laughs> come along. Definitely trust please. you. <laughs> um, then we get introduced to the car at some point. They see the car, and it's like automobile. <laughs> they say it really weirdly. Um, but essentially, we need to go to Venice because there's some sort of... No, like, they go to Paris peace. first. Paris? Why do they go to Paris? Oh, I know why. Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde, yeah. Mm. So the car they first gets just... used. Oh, no, they don't use the car in this bit, do they? No, they just run after Mr. Hyde, shooting loads of bullets at him. And then I think the idea is like... Quartermain has like been on safari and hunted like big game, so he's the only one who's going to be able to catch. Yeah, basically make him go to where they want to to then catch him in the net, shooting a path, shooting a path to get him back to where they wanted to go, and then he fires a flare, and then the net drags him from the streets of Paris all the way cargo hole. Yeah. It's fucked. That scene is it's like it's quite long. Does that it's mean like they've taken the submarine? Su- like, that means they've taken uh, the submarine up the river in Paris, doesn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. Where all the yeah. bridges are really low. And you definitely oh, yeah. can't get it. Goes under the water. It goes under the water. It's not gonna be that mate, deep a river, is it? Have you seen the size of that fucking submarine? It's the size of Paris. Yeah. It changes size. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. <laughs> yeah. Great technology. Um yeah, so they go to Paris to catch Mr. Hyde. He's like a freak. He's like a big old muscly boy. And then he they catch him and they like they're in a like a freezer room for some reason. They've mm. like tied him up and he, uh, he shrinks down to Dr. Jekyll and then they're all like, yeah, okay, we'll have you on board. That seems like a good you idea. Seem, you seem good. <laughs> yeah. You seem stable. Yeah. Um, and then we got to go to Venice because there's a peace com- conference summit and they're going to, the Phantom's going to blow up Venice and that's going to start the war. That's it. That's the general idea at the moment, right? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, and because and he's got the blueprints of, of one building in Venice, he can blow up the whole city. That's how it works. There's like 10 pillars that, that hold the whole thing up. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> We've got bombs all around it. Yeah. Um, anything else about the beginning? I'm going to say this is the beginning, right? Um, I'd say the end of the Venice scene is the beginning. Yeah, 
that feels about you right. Reckon? Yeah, because then yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. the. I'll tell you, that's the middle. Then you've got the like you've set up the MacGuffin and all that kind of stuff of oh we've got to go to this place in the boat. I think the start the, the start of Venice is the middle. So that's what I'm saying. Fine. All right, so uh, the league's together and the game is afoot and we head to Venice to stop the bomb going off and starting the World War. And they kind of succeed in a way, but they get betrayed by Dorian Gray. And he steals a mini-sub and helps the Phantom to escape. We learn that M is actually the actually the phantom and his grand plan which is explained to us by a video recording is to steal their secrets weaponize them and sell for massive profits uh so with a half sinking sub the league have to use all their wits to make it out alive or even have a chance of stopping the phantom so yeah essentially they get to venice right and it, it straight away there's like some sort of festival happening and everyone's dancing have you guys ever been to venice yeah no yeah it's pretty good isn't it, yeah i'm a big fan it does smell yeah, in the summer cool. though. does stink why? Why is that? Because poopy canals. Poopy canals. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it's cool though. Like it's exactly like in the films. Mm. Like walking around it is sick. Yeah, when they like uh, are driving around destroying stuff, you're like, oh, that's supposed to be that bit and all that kind of stuff, which is quite cool. Doesn't actually yeah. look all yeah. that much like it at times, but it's still good. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting they decided to have a car chase in Venice when they've got boats. Isn't it supposed to be mainly river modes of transport? Not There's not that many roads where cars can be chasing each no, other down. You're correct. Yeah, that would maybe have made sense. If they had a speedboat, that would have been sick. I mean, he could have just had like a, a small blade that comes out of the main blade. Yeah. And there's blades. I mean, listen, I'm just I'm just throwing theories you out there. You like the word blade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I just really like Nemo. I wanted more stuff. Yeah. Um, at some point during this sequence, someone says, Bomb Voyage. Yeah which yeah. I've written down in all caps and I can't remember who said yeah. it in what context, but it really made me laugh. Yeah. Was it, was it M? It I was it M. M. It must at, be M. At the end yeah. of his video, goes, Bon Voyage. Yeah, because yeah, then yeah, he blows yeah. up their boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, in Venice, they're like, oh, there's a bomb. We have to find a bomb. And then it shows, like, underneath Venice. It's 500 bombs. 500, like, mines, essentially. And they all explode. And that's and, and then the whole city just starts crumbling, starting a chain reaction. I think they start shouting things, but the main idea is they need to get there preemptively to destroy a certain building to stop the chain reaction. So at this point, like, it's got, like, I don't know. It, we were trying to stop one bomb to stop a peace conference getting blown up and then without much dialogue the the game changes and the whole of venice is just getting destroyed somehow yeah um and they get in their car and the idea is they're going to drive to the building launch a flare in the air and then nemo's gonna launch a fucking tactical nuke i don't know um, and they, they essentially do it, and along the way, people are shooting at them, and they're shooting back. And Nina turns into the vampire in a really like over the top, the top way, and like kills those guys, which is quite cool. When they're in the, the car, people keep jumping out of it and like landing flat footed perfectly, but the car's going like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, Dorian Gray just steps out of it like it's uh, yeah. parked. Yeah, Sean Connery does as well. How does Sean Connery? He's like seventy. His legs would literally snap. It's fucked. <laughs> Um, and they're all just running off saying like, oh don't weigh up for me just jumping out the fucking sports car um, anyway somehow they managed to do, pull off this plan and they're like yeah we won but the whole of Venice has been destroyed it's fucked like, I don't know how this is a win in any way anyway, thousands have died literally yeah, yeah. Oh, well another job done then another good job done by <laughs> yeah, me back on Alan the ship, Quarterman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I never miss. Uh, okay, literally. Yeah, I, I, I didn't understand that. They're all like kind of visibly joyous about this experience. And what yeah. have they actually done? They'd managed to save some of the structure of Venice. Yeah. Oh, Venice shouldn't exist at this point, should it? Like at some point you have to realise it's not going to last forever. Let's just let go and let the sea wash it away. Are you talking about now? We should let yeah, you talk about it away. Yeah, I am. Max. I am, because they're always like, oh, Venice is going to, you know, the sea levels are rising, you know, the, the structural foundations are going to wash away. I say let it. That's mental. Okay, that's <laughs> thousands of people without a home, but all right. Sure. Nothing lasts forever. What's the population of Venice so we can just make you sound even worse? I'm not saying let the people die. Well, if you let it wash away, well, where Max, would they live? Die. Some cruise ships can come and collect so, them. And they can cool. board if you include tourists that are always there, it's probably around 300,000 people Max wants to kill. I don't want to kill them. I want to relocate them. 637,000. Like we could re- we could build Venice too, and this time it will be like more longer lasting, even more floaty. Yeah, like it could actually float instead of be on like rotten wood. How about that? Why did why the fuck did they build Venice? What an insane idea, by the way. It's pretty cool, isn't it? it, it yeah, I mean, yeah, it's quite cool. Most I can't believe time. you just you've just publicly fuck asked Venice. for Venice to, to float away. <laughs> <laughs> just let it go, Into man. Let nature reclaim yeah. it. Oh, I thought you were talking about the film. I was like, yeah, I kind of get that, and then. Real no, life. in real life. Sure. Get rid of Venice. Okay. Uh, what else happens in this middle section? And then the guy gets killed because, like, all along the way, like, some like when they were going to Paris and Venice, some strange things were happening, right? Because um, someone found some powder on the floor in the control room, and Mina Harkness experiments on it and finds out it's from like a photo flash, like a camera flash, and then like one of Doctor Jekyll's potions has gone missing. And there's a really obvious bit as well where Dorian Gray shakes hand with Skinner and Skinner's like, oh, you scratched me. What are you doing? And yeah. he's like, oh, sorry. Well, that's obviously him like stabbing Skinner to get his blood or something like that. Yeah. Get his skin. Anyway, Dorian Gray betrays them and he's stolen all their secrets somehow. And he kills Ishmael from <laughs> Moby Dick. <laughs> oh, no, not Ishmael. Oh, oh. Uh, and then steals the escape pod. The escape pod. I don't know how that thing works, by the way. Which he learns how to pilot. Just yeah, sitting Dorian Gray can drive a submarine. <laughs> Firstly, a submarine exists. And secondly, Dorian Gray can, can drive it without, without any practice. <laughs> he like waves out the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> so good. So dumb. But um, the good thing is, Skinner had the foresight and he he's on board the mini sub. And he is using the... It's like the tiniest thing. It's like one little room. So, but somehow he's using Morse code to tell them the locations or like GPS track, something like that. So, all right, lads, it's me, Skinner, and we're going here and here's the, the destination. Yeah. And then Sean's like, follow him. Follow Skinner. Follow Skinner. Skinner that will take damn us. parlor trick again. That's <laughs> <laughs> my damn eyes. And they, they get in the Nautilus and they're like, let's go. And then they find like, there's a, what is there's it? It's a vinyl like disc. A vinyl disc, yeah, and they play it, and it's a HD video. <laughs> yeah, I. How's there a video for that? That doesn't make any sense. I never thought about that, Max. It is dumb. They should just play it, it on a gramophone, dumb. and that's it. Yeah, because they didn't play... need a video. Is are the characters watching the video, or is the video just for us as? The oh, audience? maybe the video is just for us as the audience. But then why make it look all grainy and shit? Like it's an oh, I think it video. was. For, I think it was for them. I think it was for them because they it's wouldn't have made them. it look like that. That's fucked. But that's not how video works. 
It's like, yeah, they've not only have they recorded this, they've edited it and like made it really cool and like post production. Yeah. Um, anyway, the videos of um, so beforehand when Sean Connery was ch- in Venice chasing after uh, the Phantom, the Phantom just revealed that he was secretly M. So that's that, and then Sean Connery tells everyone. Then they watch the video, and it's of M and Dorian Gray, ex- essentially explaining their whole plan, saying, "You fools, we've won." bon voyage and then the fucking submarine explodes and then they're sinking and and uh that's it dr jekyll and mr hyde he's like i can save them no i'm not gonna release you and then he he does it he drinks the potion and mr hyde is strong enough to like open a door and drain the submarine something like that yeah why is the submarine one got that functionality that you can just open something and water can either flood in or flood out yeah feels risky what what would have actually happened if he'd opened that thing is more water would have gone inside and it would have just sunk quicker. Because it didn't have, right. There wasn't like a pump or anything. It was just at a grate. It was just, just it was, opened the grate and that yeah. somehow released the pressure, which would actually not release the pressure. It would like come. It would draw way, in so. more water quickly yeah. and he was just yeah. like, I've saved us. I've <laughs> saved us, guys. <laughs> Literally with a nose dived it into the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Um, that whole scene was... It was supposed to be like the arc, wasn't it, of of Hyde becoming part of the team and not being I think a, so, yeah, a yeah, monster yeah. anymore? But yeah. actually, he would have just killed them all. Yeah. So he's he's um he's a bad guy, isn't he, Mister Hyde? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, what does he want? What in the books and stuff? Yeah, he just goes. He, he like... just goes out and causes mayhem, basically, and kills people and stuff. He he just kills. People. Yeah, he. he he's not I think he tramples agenda. a child in the book at one point. Just runs over <laughs> <Nice>. them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I laughed as I said that, but it is weird. When you say it out loud, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, Have you guys seen Van Helsing? Yes. Because uh, at the start of with... that, Van Helsing fights Mr. Hyde, Dr. Chekhov and Mr. Hyde, and it's like, uh, like he's a lot more monstrous. Is that the Hugh Jackman one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. God, that film's awful. It's cool. It's a yeah, really it's bad cool. film. I think it's a p- potential. It really is. Episode, it really is. Anyway. Um,. Yeah, so then they're in the submarine. They're like, "Fuck it, let's follow the coordinates to Mongolia," and then we're getting towards the end. Have I missed anything? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's right. This is yeah. the plot. This, this is the plot. Mm. I'm going to check my notes to see if there's anything funny that I've missed. No, as we've spoken through it, I've realised this is actually quite plot light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's just action scenes. So there are some scenes on top of the submarine while they're sailing. Some like kind of slice of life characters talking to each other scenes because there's the one where he teaches them how to shoot. Quatermain's shooting these like things in the water, and Tom Sawyer comes, and Quatermain's teaching him how to shoot. Right, and he's like, "Stop it! Stop rushing it! You gotta feel the shot." Worst <laughs> impression I think anyone's ever done. That's worse than the Rihanna <laughs> one. <laughs> That sound clip that I played from the film, that was not an impression. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he teaches Tom Sawyer how to shoot, essentially. Yeah. And then there's some other bits where, like, I guess um, Mina Harkness, is that her name? And Dorian Gray have a little romantic thing going on. I think they bang at one they point. They bang, they that, do That's bang, how yeah. he gets her blood. And also Tom Sawyer fancies her as well and just fails because she, she's a bit too, like, I guess. Old old and they're like on a different kind of part of their lives anyway and he's like a little boy essentially there's someone that's invented so- solar panels that gets mentioned at some point which again is just crazy technology it's, ne- it's nemo it's all nemo it's all the cool technology is just always nemo doing mad shit yeah yeah 
Um, when Mr. Hyde saves them all, when he comes back in, Sean Connery gives him a thumbs up, which I thought was a bit out of character. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. It's like B-roll of Sean Connery like after a tank doing a thumbs up, and they just included it. We need this. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really uh, weird when they were doing their um, the scene where it was um, Connery and what's his face Sawyer, yeah. and they're doing the shooting, and then Connery starts to like open up about his son and yeah, yeah, yeah. what happened, and then the fucking Sawyer goes, "You teach your son to shoot like this?" Yeah, and Sean Connery's like... just gone. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say? Well, he that? doesn't say it like that, does he? he? Doesn't go, "Oh, you taught your son to shoot like this, you dick." <laughs> you fucking bitch. Yeah. I just felt really weird, like that whole set, and then he literally just disappears and goes yeah. back into the whole. Batman. Sean, Con- Sean Connery's son died on a mission, right? Yeah, mm. which is why he turned his back on the Empire. Does that actually happen in the books? I don't know. Or is that just shoehorned in? Probably. I think it probably does happen at some point. Yeah, and um, one other little line which gets called back is, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna just say it in my normal voice. Not. In I would my... do the Sean. No, Connery. do Sean Connery. Ah, uh, no. Sounds like goes... the hunter from Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Old tigers sensing their end are at the most fish. <laughs> Why is he like from like Mississippi or something now? Uh, <laughs> Every time you do it, it's, so it's getting different. worse. It's getting worse. Isn't it? uh, anyway, he says old tigers sensing the end are at their most fierce, and that's kind of like that's a little theme, I guess, throughout the film. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. a has been. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we go to Mongolia and then we all regroup and there's actually a bit where he's sat outside a cave and a tiger comes and he thinks he's going to have to shoot it, but then it goes away and it's not the tiger's time to die. Then Skinner appears and he, he's naked and he's, he's freezing his bloody bollocks off, something like that. Yep. And, and he tells, and they make, they make a plan basically. And essentially, um, M has a fucking giant factory in Mongolia where he's making all this shit, which is like them, basically they're making like, they've got eight Nautilus submarines. They've got fucking armored suits, flamethrowers, which I don't know why they've got flamethrowers. Cause no one in the league is like a flamethrower, <laughs> but anyway, they've got invisible man potions. They've got Dr. Jekyll potions. They don't have any vampires. Mm, no, no they don't. I think they mentioned they might do, but th- that never comes into it. No, it's weird that they don't have one for her to fight. Yeah, and um, so that's the problem. And this is when I think that the whole plot makes no sense because he he wants to make money, right? Um, that's his plan. He wants to weaponize these things, start a war, sell them to the highest bidder, and make loads of money. Mm-hmm. That's it. it but he already has loads of money. He's got a fucking factory in Mongolia. How expensive do you think that was to build? Yeah. He's got the resources to build eight submarines. He's already got loads of money. So but, why is he doing this? But rich people don't think like that, do they? You don't How do you make more? Oh, I think I've got enough money. You make more. You, make, you take the money you've got and you make more money with this it. This would lose money. Surely. It would make money. This... Imagine if you could buy a potion to make you invisible. Yeah, that would be... Or a superhuman. It is, as an army leader. Imagine like the Germans going, actually, do you know, I want to make all of our soldiers 18 foot tall. Yeah, people would buy that in droves, mate. Mm, not sure. Not printing sure, money, maybe, printing money. I'm sorry, the economics he could of make, this are all right. He could just make money printers at this point if he, he wanted. He could to make it. money printers. He, <laughs> why would he do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Why don't you make money printers, man? Because I don't have the the means to create a money printer so sophisticated. Whereas he has the means to fucking create a submarine in 1899. He could make a money printer. Yeah, but he's stealing he the technology, so maybe he's actually he's built, technologically. Backwards. Why doesn't? 
I think he's not very smart. The technology of a money printer instead of the technology of a fucking invisible man and just cut the middleman. Right, there must be a better name for money printer than money printer, and it's annoying me that we don't know it. It's the name of my sequel, Money Printer. (laughs) The follow up to Money Brain. (laughs) (laughs) For for me, the plan is too convoluted. Nah, I'm 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 well on his side. You I like think the that's, plan. that's that's how I'd make my money. If I stole the plans for super weapons, I would probably take the money I have to create a factory where I could create multiple versions of that and then sell it to the highest bidder. You yeah, could think if you could make people invisible, you could assassinate anyone. That people would love that kind of shit. Could you? Yeah, you want to kill the president? Yeah, I'm invisible. I'll just walk in. Also, the current technology meant that people were taking like years, well, not years, but months to get from place to place. And now he's got a ship that can travel between multiple continents in like a day or two, apparently hours. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's good technology. But I think you're wrong here. I think the economics behind okay. it makes sense. So yeah, agree we'll, to disagree. Bit, we'll edit that the out. The bit you should take umbrage with is they say, oh, this is the most inhospitable place in Mongolia. It's really hard to get to. How's he got all those materials there? Yeah, That's the bit exactly. to be annoyed about, the, Max. Not his money. The finances and the resources and finances required to have this factory in Mongolia are like probably all the money in the world. You're not wrong, but I still like his plan. At the time. Yeah, I like his plan. I, I definitely do what he did. I think instead of Mongolia, it should have been the North Pole, and then Santa Claus could have been involved. What? Right. Okay. You've lost He's a me fictional now. character. He's a fictional yeah, character. But it's Get not like in. I was about to say in. In the realm, and he reality. could be running. He could be running the workshop. What? And they're getting slave elves to do it. Yeah, Max, you... Max this is a different film. This is a different it's film. Your hangover Max. kicks in, Max. Yeah, I think it has. I'm getting delirious. Um. <laughs> anyway, they just have a big fight in this factory, don't they? It's a big old. It's yes. a big old showdown. Scrap. And you get like some classic. I, I like like. It's the classic thing, isn't it? Where they fight versions of themselves. But not everyone does that, which is good. Because Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, one of the baddies, drinks a whole jug of the potion. We've already talked about the bad CGI. Turns into a giant version, and then he has to fight that, which is quite good. He essentially loses until the building collapses on him. Nemo and Nemo has an army at his disposal as well, by the way, and they're just fucking like wrecking everyone. The Invisible Man, there's another Invisible Man, and Tom Sawyer has to fight him, which is good. Um... Alan Quatermain just runs after the Phantom classic. <laughs> you know. they do, it's their classic bit. They do it. Yeah. And Mina Harkness fights Dorian Gray, which is good. Because they're both like immortal in a way. Yeah. Although they don't yeah. fight as much as she just shows him his picture. Yeah. No, they're... they do fight. They do fight. They stab each other a few times. Oh, yeah. And, realize and then they, hit, they heal. Yeah. They both show each other healing kind of thing. And he says that awful, awful, awful line. Whereas uh, perhaps I'll get to nail you one more time. Yeah. Didn't think it'd be literally. I was like, you didn't need to say the last bit. We got the joke. Like, don't yeah. have to drive it home like that. There was a lot of those awfully delivered jokes in this yeah. section. But I actually quite enjoyed this, Pete. This, this kind of, this kind of, like you say, like them fighting each other in like the the, the advanced versions. Yeah. And then was it was it when Tom Sawyer goes into that room, which is full of apparently all the most flammable things. <laughs> and the, guy with the flame suit just comes in and sets light to yeah. everything. Yeah, I've I really found that. I've really found that really funny. Um, yeah, because Dorian Gray stabs Mina Harkness with his sword and like stabs her to the bed. And I was watching it with Tom, and he was like, "Oh, I can't believe she's dead." But you can't kill a vampire like that. It has to be a stake through the heart. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Come on. And come she on, just. Tom. 
I, she like just kind of comes back to life, but I would have liked for her to like sit up in the background, kind of like a horror film. That would have been quite. Yeah, funny. he's like just like prancing around, thinking he's one, maybe doing his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's yeah, just yeah, behind yeah. him. That'd be good. And, and she pins him to the wall with the sword, and then she gets his painting, and he, she, she like looks, makes him look at it, and he, why doesn't he just close his I had, eyes? Yeah, I had a, my question was why didn't he just close his eyes? Yeah, he knows what's coming. You could see, you could see, you could see unwrapping the the picture. Well, I guess he's just she, like staring at it. You can't just keep your eyes closed forever. There's no, there's nothing that would make you open your eyes. Well, she could just open them, force them open. She should have opened. Yeah, that, that would have made happened. sense. But, I mean, that would have made sense. He didn't even try and close his eyes to him. He didn't close them for like two seconds and open she, them again. He just kept she, them wide open. This is potentially mental, but she should have ripped off one of his eyes. No, Max, you're right going there. too far. You're going too far again. <laughs> Santa's workshop and then ripping <laughs> eyelids off. Jesus. I should be a film writer. <laughs> yeah, mm. definitely. That's, yeah. No one would expect that, would they? No, because it's. No one would go and bad. see it either. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's absolutely insane. <laughs> And no, cause I thought you were anyway, saying... In the book, Dorian yeah. Gray eventually looks at the painting because he hates what he's become. So I assume it's yeah. kind of going back to that, that he's actually kind of semi wants to die. But in this, they show none of that character arc. He's just a prick. Yeah. <laughs> he's just an idiot. She should have tricked him into looking at it. Like, oh, Ooh, here's the plans look for... Look at my, fucking here's my tits. And then it's just a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, that could have been a little... <laughs> a <bit of> sexual <laughs> chemistry. The two ways you went with that, Max. Here are the plans for something Jordan piss and tits. <laughs> Yeah. I think you'd be more interested in the tits I'll level with she you she could be like oh I'm naked under these sheets and he's like oh yeah and then she whips the sheets out and it's the painting <laughs> nice Cover it, covering her covering her yeah. yeah she's naked behind the painting yeah nice that's good that's really good um, anyway that's a good fight and then <laughs> like, I don't, like what else happens like does anything Quartermain it, it, gets yeah, killed yeah Alan Quartermain has a fight with we find out it's actually Moriarty, which is like a big kind of twist, I guess. Uh, Quartermain gets stabbed or shot or something like that. Then um, Sawyer arrives. The, the, oh, that's it. Moriarty has a Batman yeah, cape. Batman essentially fl- flies out of the fucking top of the tower and he's running across the North Pole. And then Tom Sawyer is going to shoot him. And uh, Quartermain's in his ear, like whispering, like, okay, guitar. He, ghosts, he does then, ghost with him, doesn't he? They're making a clay pot. Yeah. It'll be just as sexual. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and and Moriarty gets shot, and that's that. And the secrets fall down to the bottom of the North Pole, never to be found. Well, I guess they were so going to make some kind of sequel where they find those Captain America style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last bit is Alan Quatermain's funeral in Africa, and they're like, "Oh, where are we going to go? Let's just go." I think they should have said, "Like, you know that thing where they go? Oh, I've heard that there's a fucking." Uh, something big's happening in uh, Germany. Let's yeah. go to Germany, and then that's the sequel. That'd be cool. But they just get, they just go, and then the fucking ground starts shaking, and it, the the insinuation being that maybe Alan Quatermain is going to come back to life. He can't die in African soil. Yeah, no, he can. Africa won't let him die. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and he's buried next uh, to his son. Okay, I've got my sequel yeah. idea just from that little bit there. Okay, but that, that's the film. If we missed anything. <sighs> No, I think that's all of the plot. Yeah, yeah, it covered all the big bits and like some of the really fucking stupid bits, which is eighty percent of the film. Yeah. Um, scores on the doors, uh, Jordan. How many uh, extraordinary gentlemen were there? Was it six? Seven. seven. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One. Is Ishmael? Does Ishmael count? <laughs> Obviously not. Yes, yes, he, yes, he counts. There's eight. There's eight. Okay. 
two extraordinary gentlemen out of eight extraordinary gentlemen and women. Okay. Okay, so you've, you've backed. Oh no, what's that? So you've backed out of giving it less than seventeen percent that you said earlier. I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I actually so quite you gave it two the, out of eight. Two out of eight, which is twenty-five percent, right? You enjoyed it, and you gave it twenty-five percent. I mean, it's it's still shit, Max. It's just a good shit film. No, I think that deserves more. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it uh, six-ish males out of ten. Six. Six out of ten. I'm going to give it 65%. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Big fan. Big fan. I think they should reboot this 100%. Yeah. They do it so well as well. They should reboot it, but they could yeah. make a sequel, which oh. is what I'm going to task you guys to do. It's going to give you an unlimited budget. I'm going to give you access to Hollywood A-listers and the keys to the hottest franchise in Hollywood history. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, obviously. Uh, I want you to create a sequel and tell me all about it. Max, I want you to kick things off. You seem passionate about the reboot project. Okay. Here's my idea. Mm. <clears throat> so, the American Frontier, which is like when cowboys were a thing, the end of it is like 1920. So, you've got a window from 1899, which is when the first film takes place, where there's still a bit of kind of like cowboyness going around. So, I'm going to do the League of Extraordinary Frontier Men. And essentially, Alan Quatermain and Tom Sawyer, they have to go to the American frontier because um, Moriarty is back and he is going to mine all of the gold in America so that then he holds all the wealth in the world. Uh, and they have to team up with all the famous cowboys. So Calamity Jane's there, Billy the Kid, Jesse James, Jim West from Wild Wild West, Ned <laughs> Kelly, Heath, Heath Ledger version. And they all have to team up and stop... Uh, the Phantom, aka Moriarty, from mining all the gold in America, and then yeah, that's the story essentially. Jack the Ripper's in it as well. How's Ned Kelly getting there from Australia? He's uh, uh, he came on the Nautilus. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> and he's in his, he's in his outfit, his metal outfit as well, and he can't be shot. But it's like been enhanced a little bit by Nemo. Oh so he's God. like the Iron Man. So he's like the War Machine to Nemo's Iron Man. I would watch is, that, is, is Nemo in the mech suit? Nemo has his mech suit in this one. The North, obviously, the Nautilus isn't as useful because in the fucking it can't go up the rivers of like the Wild West. I know it, it probably can. could. It probably <laughs> could, but it's not going to. That's too much for me. So Nemo's like a fish out of water in this one, but he's still got his mech suit. Oh, I thought he'd kind of have like another car that's like a big, almost like fake monster truck kind of thing. He probably does go, have a monster go truck. America and. Also, the big spider from Wild Wild West is in it as well. Obviously, and it's, ne- it's Nemo's, right? It's Nemo's. No, spider. it's the baddies. It's the baddies. Okay, he's rebuilt it. Okay, so that's essentially what it's going to be like. What's it called? The League of Extraordinary Frontier Men. Why do you keep saying extraordinary instead of extraordinary? Because they're two different words. No, yeah, but you put them together to make one. <laughs> no, oh, oh no. Stop, Tim. Don't, don't, don't follow I'm that. Gonna, don't follow I'm that not, line. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> right. Before, before you literally blow your top, tell me about your film, Tim. Um, so Max sparked my idea when he said that Africa won't let him die. Uh, Quartermain die. So Quartermain's... I didn't say that. The film said that. Yeah, but I forgot about it until you said it. So okay. in my head, it's, this is all down to you. Um, so Quartermain's going to come back, but something goes wrong as he's coming back. So he comes back as like a zombie. And he okay. and he brings back with him 
like uh, basically a little mini zombie army of uh, people from like uh, the British colonial past that's in America. Obviously, we bring back Sean yeah. Connery somehow, maybe through reanimation. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you mean reanimation or do you mean animation? Reanimation. No, reanimation is if we're digging him up. <laughs> Frankenstein. Yeah. Witchcraft. Um, yeah, yeah. And he brings back... Yeah, Frank- Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah, so... Um... Oh, I might use Frankenstein in this now. So basically, he brings back like a mini army from the, the colonial past. So it's like the Redcoats, but also uh, like the Zulu army from Zulu. <laughs> The, but- the Butlins red That's coats. what I was thinking. <laughs> you got the full entertainment staff from Butlins. Yeah, <laughs> those lads. Um, and then the army from Zulu as well. And Okay, what with Michael Caine? Yeah, yeah. Michael those redcoats, not uh, the Butlins red jackets, lads. Um, okay. And basically the league kind of have to take him down and it's um, a bit of an adventure thing. They've got to find a MacGuffin that then ends up helping them destroy him. And Tom Sawyer does some sharpshooter stuff that like plucks his shoots Sean Connery from like a real distance, and it like shoots him through the heart, and that's what takes him out. And then you see his uh, zombie army like crumble away and go back into. Does he does he reinvigorate his son as well? <laughs> no, oh, reinvigorate. Yeah. Maybe the son comes back. That would be good. That's that's his motivation. So he comes back. So he thinks I can bring my son back. So that's his goal, and they're trying to stop him because doing that is his like marauding zombie army is only growing constantly, like a plague, and like taking over all of Africa. Nice. And then all the others are back, like they were before. Same cast. Yeah, I liked them all. Yeah, Nemo does some mad stuff again. Because does he drive the submarine into Africa? Yeah, because the Nile's fucking massive. The Nile, yeah. Yeah, yeah that could that could actually work. Um, so yeah, he uses the Nile. Um. Yeah, as it's a thought or two, but not really a plot. Mm. That sounds extraordinary. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> You've literally stolen my entire plot, although it's slightly different. Okay. But the premise is exactly the same, which is Alan Quartermain isn't dead. He comes back as a zombie, obviously, um, because Africa, the African tribesman or the was the witch doctor wouldn't let him die on african soil unfortunately the witch doctor was working on behalf of the um evil guys brings him in and says look we need to we need to work on you to figure out how we can use the power inside of you and the magic that the africans have cast on you to bring your son back so he's like of course i want to bring my son back so i can hold him in my arms again so they do all the experiments on him and create a serum that can reanimate the dead but it's in the hands of the villains. So what they end up doing is they take their duplicate Nautiluses and travel the world and collect the corpses of the most evil people from history. So we're talking like Genghis Khan. Oh, shit. And they reanimate all of the most evil people in Hitler. human history well, and create... Hitler, won't a, have been a thing Hitler, was, Hitler was alive at this point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> they kill him and then reanimate him just to make sure he's a zombie. Um, and they effectively create the antithesis of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is the League of the Dead. And it's oh. all of the it's all of the most evil people from history. I like it. Yeah. And and Quartermain is now dead, but is, is is obviously going back onto the side of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But he's gathered lots of ridiculous powers from being dead and kind of kind of communicate with the other people who have been brought back using the same serum and the whole thing is basically the two people using duplicate technology so they've got they've got like an evil undead 
version of the Nautilus, which is like covered in like skulls and stuff. Sick. And then a normal one, and it's like a big like sea-based battle of the the normal uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen versus the the League of the Dead, which is like this team of like mm-hmm. ridiculously evil people that have been reanimated just for the purpose of killing everything. Nice. And that's the premise of my film. Who are your other evil people apart from Genghis Khan? Just Genghis Khan. Um, who else we got? Who else could we get in Vabby there? Vabby and Paler uh, would be good. Yeah. Um, Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon is a prick. Who else was there? Um, oh, you oh, Judas. You could have Judas. Caesar Judas or some kind of Roman emperor. Yep, yep. There's a one called Nero, apparently. Yeah, he was a dick. Yeah. He, yeah, he burnt down Who? entire cities. So Who's... basically, that that the M is still alive, and he's now orchestrating this league of ridiculously evil people. And the yeah. way that the league of extraordinary <laughs> gentlemen figure out how to break them apart is because they all want different things. They're not just evil for the sake of being evil; they're mm-hmm. evil based on their own principles, and that's they how they turn them apart. They turn them against each other. Do they nice. bring back good people from the past? Because they because when he swaps over to the good side. Do they then bring he doesn't that? have the technology. Oh, okay. He doesn't have the technology. It, they, they, only the evil people do. Maybe the end, that's what happens, is he gets the serum back. And they're, they're like, right, we've got one option. is We either bring back a horde of the good, or we can bring back your son. And he brings back King yeah, Arthur instead. Exactly. He brings back, he, he goes, I've got to use it for my country. And brings back <laughs> a load of people that will defend the British the British Isles. And then Joan, he of Arc? Joan of Arc? Not defending the British Isles. Oh, it should help. Mm. She chip in. But basically, that's the premise. (laughs) What I really wanted, and the premise I had in my head was just like an evil version of the Nautilus. Yeah, it's like a a pirate ship. Yeah, it's like a pirate ship, but it's fucking massive and made of metal. Um, I like it. We're getting close to Bill and Ted territory there. A little bit. We are getting getting (laughs) into that that kind of space. Anyway, I think there's some fairly good material there. I think between the three of us, we can make a very good film. Um, Tim, Mm -hmm. talking about socials, mate. Talk to you about socials. I will. Um, so, it. follow us on Instagram as always. Uh, Crap Movie Club's our handle. We're on all good podcasting services. And uh, yeah, on the Instagram, we'll let you know what we're up to next. Lovely. Maybe. That's it. That's the show. Thank you, anyone who's listened. Thanks, Tim and Jordan. Thank you, Max, for hosting. Thank you, Max, for hosting. That's all right. Yeah, sure. And we'll see you next time. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye now.